I'm Jim Calloway. And I'm Sharon Nelson. This is the 63rd edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. Today, our topic is Windows 8 for solo and small firm lawyers. Should you upgrade? Jim and I are happy to welcome back one of our very favorite guests, our friend and colleague, Ben Shore. Ben is a technologist and the CEO of Roland Shore & Tower, a professional consulting firm headquartered in Honolulu with offices in Los Angeles and Arizona. He's the author of several books and articles on law office technology, including The Lawyer's Guide to Microsoft Outlook and The Lawyer's Guide to Microsoft Word. He's been a Microsoft MVP for more than 15 years and involved with law practice management and law office technology for more than 20 years. In his free time, I don't see how he has any, he is an Ironman triathlete and a high school football coach. He lives in Flagstaff, Arizona with his wife, Carrie. Welcome back, Ben. Thanks, Sharon. It's good to be back. Well, Ben, let's just jump right into things. We hear a lot of talk about Windows 8 at legal technology conferences and in the trade publication. What's new about this operating system? Well, there's a, there's a few things that are new about it. Unfortunately, most of the things that are new about it are mostly going to impact people who have tablets or, or touchscreen devices. For people with desktops, the, uh, the upgrades are, are a little thinner. The first thing you'll notice that's new about Windows 8 probably is the new lock screen, which is to say when you first power up a Windows 8 machine or, or when, when your Windows 8 machine has gone into uh, power-saving mode, perhaps, uh, you'll, you get a lock screen now that, that shows... You know, a very pretty picture and your, your username and the time and a few other little bits of information like how many email do you have waiting, things like that. And then you click on that to get to your login screen where you type your password. That's, that's probably the, the first thing people notice. The second, Windows 8 now has the concept of picture passwords. So even though most people are still probably going to be using the, the, the kind of passwords we're used to using, which are, uh, as Sharon and John know all too well, uh, not very secure, Generally, the uh, Windows 8 includes no picture passwords, which is to say that instead of typing in a password, it'll show you an image on screen, and you get to pick the image it shows. It can be a you know a photo from your own collection, and then you uh, you draw something on top of that photo, and the unique scribble you do becomes your password. Uh, you've probably seen that in the TV commercials. It's kind of an interesting concept. Uh, unfortunately, it's also something that's a little bit difficult to do with a keyboard and mouse. It's really better suited, as a lot of Windows 8 things are, for tablet users who have a, a, a touch screen or a stylus. The new start screen is the one that gets a lot of attention. Uh, it was originally called Metro, and then apparently there was some copyright issue with that. And so now Microsoft, I believe, is calling it Windows 8 Store Experience or something like that. But uh, we all, everybody in the industry still refers to it as Metro because it's an easier way to refer to it. Well, that, that's, that's, that's what I screen, was... I... Which, I was going to ask you that, Ben. The, the Metro interface is really what I hear the most about. That, that seems to be what people are agitated about more than they are excited. <laughs> yes, well, it's, it's for good reason, I think. It's, it's really like somebody took a, you know, I heard somebody describe it as they took a phone operating system and put it on your computer. <laughs> um, because, the, you know, the Metro interface, it, it's very touch-centric. That's what it was designed for. It's designed for, for small screens and screens that you touch. It's got lots of big uh, tiles instead of the old icons as you're used to and uh, and the tiles can be live and what what we mean by live tiles is that uh, for example the weather application and on on your old computer you may have had a, a shortcut on your desktop to weather.com or or maybe you even had a little locally installed program for you know getting the weather well the uh, in metro 
the, the live tile for your weather application is not only a button you push to start the weather program so you can see what the weather's going to be, but it actually shows you certain bits of information like the temperature and whether it's raining or not. Uh, although if I look over my shoulder at the window, I can tell if it's raining. <laughs> but you, you get that information right there built into the tile. A lot of the other tiles do that too now, where you can see the number of email messages you have rating right on the tile before you even click it to open your email uh, account. You can uh, The news tile shows you the headlines right in the tile. So before you even click to open the news, you see what the top three current headlines are, that sort of thing. So it's uh, the live tiles are a very big concept um, in uh, Metro, as it's called. Of course, there are some bad things about Metro, too. For one thing, a lot of the Metro apps feel like tablet apps, you know, and that's fine if you're on a tablet, but when you're on your desktop and you're used to very powerful programs, uh, suddenly you're dealing with an app that has far fewer controls and commands than you're used to. And it's not very discoverable. One of the things I've discovered with the Metro interface is you, you spend a lot of time sort of right-clicking randomly around the screen hoping something good happens. <laughs> because there's, there's, there's almost no what we refer to as Chrome. There's no, there's no buttons. There's no dials. There's no levers. There's no, you know, you want to do something. You want to, for a good example, be print. I think it was the first uh, built-in PDF reader in Windows 8. I'd have to go back and look now. As I recall, there was no built-in print command. And you're trying to figure out how the heck do I print something? And you're just <laughs> right-clicking all over the place and hoping something happens, which is really rather annoying, honestly. Well, you know, you... Maybe on a tablet you're used to that, but uh, on a desktop computer you, you're kind of used to having some sort of menu, at least, that gives you commands. Well, you're kind most of... of the Metro apps don't have those. You're kind of scaring me. Are, are all the Windows programs going Metro now? Um, no. The uh, Windows 8 does still include the desktop, the old uh, Windows 7-style desktop, and you can still install all the... Uh, the old Microsoft Office and all the applications you're used to. And I, to be honest, on my desktop machine with my dual 24-inch monitors, I spend 95% of my time in the desktop, and I try to avoid the Metro stuff as much as possible because it's so it tends to be sort of limited. And since I don't have a touch screen, I, you know, I do have a little stylus tablet deal, a little bamboo tablet thing that I can use for handwriting and such. But that's not a very, I don't, I don't find it to be a very efficient way to work with my computer as far as navigating, you know, different programs. So I really don't spend a lot of time using that stylus that way. So I, I tend to stay out of the Metro stuff as much as I can. You can never completely stay out of it, unfortunately. It's, it is the start screen. So every time you hit the Windows key on your keyboard, that screen pops up. And when you start your machine, of course, the first thing you're going to see is that Metro screen. There's no, no real way around that. It's, it's always kind of lurking in the background like a bored puppy. <laughs> well, well, I think that brings up an interesting point. You're not the first consultant I've heard say that the, the, the good thing about Windows 8 is you can hide a lot of it and make it look like Windows 7. So I, I think the real question is, is Windows 8 really better? Is it a good upgrade? And what are busy lawyers and law firms likely to think about the changes? Well, you know, is it better on a tablet or a touchscreen device? I think it's brilliant. If you're one of the few people that has one of those things, you know, or if you're out shopping for laptops now, you know, we, we just deployed new laptops to, to most of our staff and we deliberately got them touchscreen laptops. And one of the reasons we did that is because it's, you know, we're moving them to Windows 8 because we have to be able to support it. And so if you've got a touchscreen device, then I think Windows 8 is, is quite good. On a desktop machine, it, it's a little frustrating. One thing that is very nice about Windows 8 is, is it's fast. 
I, I have to say that e even on, you know, I, I have upgraded several Windows 7 machines to Windows 8, uh, in part just to see what the experience of that was like. And even on the same hardware, my perception is that Windows 8 is noticeably faster than Windows 7 was, which is great. Uh, so there are some nice features, and there's also some nice features under the hood that, that techie, geeky type people like us are going to like. You know, the new task manager is is a big step forward from the old one in terms of the amount of information you get and the control you have, um, things like that. So, so you know, there, there are some some things that are nice. Most of them are under the hood, though. I think for the average lawyer sitting at his desk just wanting to do documents and enter his time and, you know, all that good stuff, I think, he's gonna, I think the average lawyer is going to find the Metro stuff pretty frustrating. Will the old software applications that people have, will they work with Windows 8? Yes, the vast majority of old software is still going to work just fine in Windows 8. A good rule of thumb, if it works in Windows 7, it'll almost certainly work in Windows 8. And also, if, you, if you're in one of these extreme cases, you know, I, I do occasionally come across a firm that's running some piece of, of proprietary software that's so old even Windows 7 doesn't run it very well, or, or they can't run it. And so they may be stuck in Windows XP because of that, or older. Every now and then I do still run across a firm that's got one or two older machines because they're running some ancient piece of software. One nice thing about Windows 8 is it does have Microsoft's Hyper-V built into it, which is their, their virtual machine software. Windows 7 sort of did too, but it's, it's even better in Windows 8. And so if you really want to, you can actually create you know, Windows XP and even other operating systems. You can create little virtual machines in your machine, which is you know, a little bit extreme to do that. It's, it's a little bit geeky. But if you do need to a little bit geeky, man. support some old software, it, it works like a champ. Um, I have several VMs installed on my machine for old versions of the OS. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but a little bit geeky seems to a bit understate that, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Hi Hyper-V is probably not something most attorneys are going to want to get into themselves unless there's somebody, unless they enjoy technology and they really you know, are comfortable working with that kind of stuff. But your IT guy should be able to, you know, once it's set up, using it's not too bad. Uh, setting it up to begin with does take a little bit of, of patience and, and some IT chops. Well, well, for many solo and small firm lawyers, unfortunately, they are the IT guy. Uh, is the old hardware going to work with Windows 8? Yeah, same rule as the software, uh, in my experience. Almost all of the old hardware will work. If it works in Windows 7, it'll usually work in Windows 8. I have seen a couple of machines that, uh, in fact, I saw a netbook that was a Windows 7 netbook that wouldn't run Windows 8 because the video card wasn't quite up to snuff. But for the most part, I, we haven't seen a machine other than a couple of examples. Almost everything we've seen that works in Windows 7 will work in Windows 8. They have updated some of the drivers for Windows 8, but a lot of the Windows 7 drivers work perfectly well in Windows 8, too. So your old printer, you know, I have a, an HP OfficeJet Pro sitting over here to my left. And uh, Windows 8 recognized it and started using it right away with, you know, I didn't even have to do anything. It just started working. So what, what's your favorite feature of Windows 8, Ben? I, I think my favorite feature is the speed, really. I, like I say, I spend the vast majority of my time in the desktop environment. So from that standpoint, it doesn't look or act particularly different from Windows 7 to me. But, uh, but it is dis definitely faster on, on my desktop machine than Windows 7 was. What about your least favorite feature? You can probably guess my least favorite feature at this point is is Metro and the the, the dumbed down kind of tablet interface. A lot of the applications are, are you know the the Metro apps as I mentioned they're they're a lot, just a lot less capable than what we're used to on a desktop machine. Uh, it really does feel like you're stuck on a tablet. And you know I don't like that 
you can't you don't have as much control over the screen size you know we've all kind of grown up in the windows environment where you can hit the window button and you can drag your your windows bigger or smaller and you could you know place them around the screen so if you have two or three different things open like you know maybe you've got westlaw open on one side and your word open on another side and you've got outlook over here and you know you just don't have that kind of control unfortunately the new metro interface all those metro apps they're either going to be full screen or they're going to be in a in a one third of the screen slice of your monitor and you just don't have much control which i don't like and you also see certain features get dumbed down in outlook for example we're used to the or have become used to in the last couple of versions the, the pop-up notifications where you can you, you see the subject line of the message and who it's from but you also have the ability to actually delete the message from the notification or flag the message for follow-up from the notification Unfortunately, the new in Windows 8 with with uh, Outlook 2013, the notifications have gotten dumbed down, and and you have no none of those controls anymore, uh, which is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'd like that either. I I know as Jim mentioned earlier, a lot of lawyers they're they're they are the IT support for their firms. Yeah. So how how easy is it to upgrade from an earlier version of Windows, and what does it cost? The technical side of upgrading is actually pretty easy, especially from Windows 7. I mean, it's it, it's uh, uh, anybody could do it, honestly, just well, almost anybody. It's a it's a it's a simple download and run the process, and and it just does it. I might suggest though that if you're going to do the upgrade, you might consider doing a clean install. Uh, and I say that only because after years, uh, you know, 20 plus years of working with lawyers in technology, as you guys know all too well, their machines tend to get loaded up with a bunch of crap <laughs> use that word I, I hope i can use that word you can use but, that word it's a technical term it's a technical term it means junk it means <laughs> trash yeah a lot of these applications that they've installed uh, either intentionally or accidentally over the years and they've kind of dragged the machine down and you know sometimes a clean install can be nice um, i actually on my desktop machine prior to windows 8 i had a one terabyte conventional hard drive in there running windows 7 and what i did when i went did my upgrade to windows 8 is I bought a new SSD, 180 gigabyte SSD drive, and I installed that as my C drive, and I moved my one terabyte uh, conventional drive to my D drive, and I did a clean install of Windows 8 on that SSD drive. And SSD, as you may, I think you guys have covered on the podcast before, is, is sort of like a really big flash drive, in, in a manner of speaking. It's, it's that sort of technology, but it's installed inside the machine like a hard drive. And it's very, very fast. And so, and by keeping my, my other drive as the D drive, all of my data was still there, was still there on the D drive. And the thing that surprised me was the first time I booted the machine, and in fact, every time since, it recognized that I had Windows 8 as the primary OS on my SSD drive, my C drive, but it also recognized that I still had Windows 7 on that D drive. And it gives me the option every time I boot, which one I'd like to boot that time, which is pretty handy. As for cost, the, the um, if you're just going to do a download, you can order it online. You know, Microsoft's getting big now on letting you just download software from them instead of uh, getting DVDs. So if you're just going to buy it online and download the upgrade, it's about $40 currently. Uh, I don't know if that price is going to change. It sort of hints on the website that that might be a limited time price, but it's been $40 since the thing shipped, and I haven't seen any you know, definite indication that it will go up. I, I actually I actually read somebody's blog post and I forget the date of the change, but they did say that there had been an announced date when the price would go up. Oh, okay, I, I haven't seen that yet, but uh, at least for now it's still forty dollars for the download. If you really want the DVD, you can order the DVD from them, and that's seventy dollars currently. It's actually sixty nine ninety nine, but you know seventy dollars basically. 
for the DVD. So, uh, so it's not terribly expensive. It's a lot less expensive than previous versions of Windows were. And the upgrade itself, uh, especially from Windows 7, is pretty easy. Even from earlier operating systems, it's not bad. Uh, but I do recommend people consider doing a clean install if they're going to if they're going to upgrade. Ben, we're running short on time, but could you briefly explain the difference between Windows 8 and Windows RT? Because I know a lot of lawyers are going to see those terms and not understand the difference. Yeah, that, that's a big one right now. Microsoft introduced their Surface tablet, and the uh, the Surface RT is the first one they deployed and or, or, uh, uh, released. And people rushed to them thinking, oh, that's a great thing. You know, we will get those for all our users. And what they didn't realize is that's running Windows RT, which is the tablet version of the operating system. It's designed to run on the on the ARM chips, which is uh, sort of more like an iPad type of chip. And so it's a, it's a much more limited chip, and it's a much more limited operating system. It's, it's basically designed for you to spend your time in the Metro interface pretty much all the time. It does have the desktop, but it does not run Windows regular Windows apps. That's a really important thing for lawyers to remember. You're not going to be able to install your QuickBooks on it. You're not going to be able to install ProLaw on it. You're not going to be able to install any of the regular Windows apps you have on your desktop machine on, an, on a Windows RT machine. So be careful with Windows RT if you're getting it for work. I, I know that technologists uh, disagree about Windows 8, and, and here at Sensei, I know we have advised our clients to simply forget about Windows 8 and wait for the next operating system. But in your own analysis, are you recommending that law firms move to Windows 8? I'm not really recommending anybody upgrade to it, upgrade existing machines to it. Uh, you know, I've told my clients they don't, they don't necessarily need to be afraid of it on new machines. Um, if you can still get Windows 7 on a new machine, that, that's probably okay if you, if you don't want Windows 8. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, I think don't, don't bother to upgrade new machines or uh, existing machines. But if you're buying a new machine, especially a machine that has a touchscreen, then it's okay. Well, particularly for the solo and small firm market, Ben, I think they're they're probably going to be better served with Windows 7, assuming they can still get a machine. But you certainly know a lot more about this topic than, than I do, and I really appreciate you joining us today. Thanks so much for uh, being our guest on the uh, Digital Edge podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And, and I want to tell you that John ordered me a machine yesterday, and he paid a premium to get Windows 7, and now I'm really glad he did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a bad decision. <laughs> and that's all, folks, for this edition of the Digital Edge Lawyers and Technology. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye, Miss Sharon. Happy trails, cowboy. <laughs>